What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. You. Thanks so much for listening to the show. This podcast is sponsored by Made to Move Physical Therapy, and we believe that movement is medicine. If you have been dealing with pain that's preventing you from doing what you love, and if you're looking for a healthcare provider to help you meet your goals, then go to madetomovept.com slash contact us. That two is the number two. Fill out the form and reference the Healthy Charleston podcast. Listeners get 10% off their first session. On today's episode, I answered some frequently asked questions about back pain with information that you can start applying today. Some questions that I answer. Is sitting the new smoking? Is sitting killing me? What symptoms and factors are related to back pain? What causes back pain? How can you self-manage back pain? Does posture cause back pain? What do I do if I have a sitting job? How can I prevent back pain? And what exercises or movements help with back pain? This was originally a presentation I did for the South Carolina Health and Fitness Association. I think it's a great way to start learning a little bit more about about back pain, maybe about your back pain, maybe about your patients or your clients. And then in the future, we will definitely do a little bit of a deeper dive into back pain. So make sure to follow at Made to Move PT and at Healthy Charleston on Instagram and enjoy the show. All right. South Carolina Health and Fitness Association. Today, I'm going to try to do one that's maybe not as long as my typical presentations. Been getting some commonly asked questions about back pain. And so I thought I would put it all in a PowerPoint and present it to you guys. I will definitely be doing like a deep dive into back pain, into posture um, eventually, but I thought this would be a great way to go ahead and get some messages out there. You can start to apply these things today. Things like, you know, is sitting killing me? (laughs) What normally accompanies back pain? Um, How can I prevent back pain if possible? Things like that. So first question, what symptoms slash factors are related to back pain or low back pain specifically? So first of all, you should know that back pain is super common and it would be really helpful if our society could view back pain as we view headaches. So they're really common. Sometimes I mean something is really serious, but most of the time It's something that we have a good amount of control over. We don't really have a cause. We have some things that can make it feel better. Time helps, but we don't freak out about every headache that we get. 
and we feel confident in the fact that, oh, it's just another headache. I've had many of these and they're very commonplace. It's not as scary. For some reason in our society, back pain has become super, super scary. Um, and I think that's for a lot of different reasons. But overall, back pain is it's really complex. Pain in general is complex. It's multifactorial. It's a, from a lot of different things potentially or really from not one thing. Um, it can be from a variety of causes. And I want you to think about back pain and really pain in general as your cup overflowing. So if you have this cup and you start to fill it with water, let's say you fill it with water all the way to the top and then you start to pour coffee in it. Well, you can't, you can't blame the coffee because it was already so full with water that if you took all the water out and you just put coffee in it, it would have been fine. So it was the cup overflowing not the coffee that did it. I know it's kind of a weird analogy, but think of it as the dosage, the amount of water in your cup. So when you're experiencing back pain, first of all, don't panic. Know that it's really common. You're not suffering alone. And it doesn't mean that anything is wrong with you. And you might be experiencing a lot of other things going on in your life in addition to your back pain. Some of those things, and this is not an exhaustive list, an increase in, in life stressors. This can be physical, this could be mental, this can be emotional, anything cognitive, like there's a lot of different types of life stressors, any kind of life stressor, any kind of something added to your cup. A decrease in sleep quality or quantity, again, kind of going with that balance or imbalance of stress and recovery. An increase in workplace, workplace demands or workplace stressors. So I just, added a position at work, or I just started this task, or I just started going to the gym more. Um, so like an increase in volume or loading in the gym. Hey, all my weights just went up, or I'm a novice and I just started doing these things. Or even I just stopped exercising for a while. I took a break from exercise and I haven't been working out or I'm going to two classes a day, or maybe I added a class to my regular routine. So we see here, it's really about that drastic increase or decrease. It's something that your body might not be as used to. Um, and it could just be the cup overflowing and that we might need to take a little bit of the water out to let, to let things settle. And then long-term, the goal is to make your cup bigger so that when you go to add something more, it doesn't overflow. Another question that I get, can my back pain be treated? And can I self-manage it? So this, this question kind of implies that if you have back pain, you're going to have back pain forever. Um, and it's not true. You can have back pain and then never experience it again, or it can be something that does become more chronic. That really depends on the person and the nature of it. Um, but I don't want you to feel like if you have back pain, you're always going to have back pain. It's not like, uh-oh. You know, you don't have a bad back just because you have back pain. It just means that you're a human. Um, it doesn't mean that you have a bad back. The goal in terms of, yes, for sure, you can self-manage, but think about that as more you are learning to understand maybe like triggers or what contributes to your back pain. You're understanding the nature of your back pain and you're understanding ways to calm it down, when to build it up when to stay away from things that are painful. Um, so self-manage really isn't something that's like, oh, 
you're, once you have back pain, like you're going to have to learn how to manage this. It's really that you can learn to self-manage because you won't be in back pain forever. It's not permanent. It's not a um, end all be all. It's not like, uh Oh, like you're in, you're shit out of luck because you have back pain. You don't have to deal with it forever. So can my back pain be treated? Can I self-manage for sure? In terms of like short-term solutions, if you think about things like that you can do at home, like stretching, foam rolling, lacrosse ball, um, even like massage guns, those things. Also, if you think about the things that you typically go somewhere to get done, like a massage, an adjustment, dry needling, any kind of manual therapy, those things are valuable, but they're not the long-term solution usually. Again, short-term solutions are valuable, but they are not the long-term solution. They are valuable because they can temporarily decrease your pain or your perception of pain. And what this does and why it's valuable is that it creates a window of opportunity so that you can move more in that window with less pain. You can kind of, I think about it like you can click the save button on that pain relief. But foam rolling every single day, one, it's definitely not going to prevent back pain. Nothing can prevent back pain. Um, and it's not going to be the permanent solution. Sometimes there is a, when we say root cause, it's not like, oh, this, it's just this tissue. It's more of like the root cause. Let's get a better understanding of your system as a whole. Um, so those things can definitely be valuable. You just have to know how to use them in the, in the right way or for the right intention. And that's that they can temporarily decrease your pain. So if you go to the gym and you're like, oh, you know, my back is a little achy and you can foam roll and lacrosse ball or do these things and stretch and your back feels better, better enough to where you can do the de the, the workout. That was Freudian slip. Let's say it's like deadlifts or box jumps or, or rowing or something like that. Now those things are less painful. So you're calming it down while you're building it up. So that is something that we preach all the time. It's kind of like our three-step system at Made to Move is one, first, calm it down. Two, build it up. And three, three, keep it that way. So it's very beneficial and valuable to calm your pain down and to find ways to relieve your pain. That's usually why you go to PT. However, that's not the end-all be-all. The second step is super important. You have to build up not just your tissues, but also your confidence, and you have to get back to doing those things that you might have modified, modified or avoided. So if you're having back pain and hinging, like picking something up is painful, our bodies naturally are probably going to find a way to move around that or, or avoid it, but you shouldn't avoid it forever because then you're going to have secondary complications from avoiding it. So there should be a plan in place. Yes, temporarily modify things that are not tolerable, that are beyond tolerable pain for you but then come up with a plan to start adding those things back in. And if that sounds scary, one of the best ways to be able to, to manage your back pain and to feel confident is to find a healthcare provider that you trust. Someone that knows what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, knows your workouts, um, that will, or will get to know you and your workouts. Someone that will help you gain a better understanding of your pain and so someone that will help you feel confident in getting back to your normal movement routine. Things like ruling out red flags, seeing someone you trust, and getting reassurance 
all of those things are huge to help you decrease pain and to help you start moving again because that's really the goal. Sometimes all you need is a plan to decrease your pain and to get back to moving and to know on your own when and how to modify movements when they are maybe too painful, when you're having a flare up or something like that. This healthcare provider should be able to help you come up with that plan without having to tell you to avoid things forever so that you can ultimately move independently and you can move with freedom and less fear. Everyone is different. Treatment plans should be individualized, but overall on a general level, managing your stressors, moving regularly and making sure you're balancing and optimizing your stressors and your recovery. You can definitely decrease your back pain. You can feel better and you can meet your goals in and out of the gym. Oh, I don't know if that was showing the whole time. So here's the screen. Yeah. So adapt, don't avoid. You can manage it on your own, but think about the short-term solutions. How much return on investment do you get? You know, are you spending all of your time foam rolling? Um, is that beneficial? Is there a point of diminishing returns? And ultimately it really does help. Um, and I think as humans, we really like to feel in control. So getting the control back, creating a plan and start adding movements back in, start getting back to what you care about. Does my posture play a role? This is a hot topic, but I'm here to tell you once and for all, there are no bad or incorrect postures or ways of sitting or standing. Again, I could probably do a whole other presentation on this. I heard this the other day, if I saw it, your body doesn't know what good form is, quote unquote. Your body doesn't know what quote unquote good, bad, incorrect postures are. Your body just knows stress. Does this position play stress where? How much is the stress? How long have we been in this position? Your body's not like, oh, oh, we're in good form. We're okay. Uh-oh, uh-oh. No, it doesn't work like that. There are no bad ways of moving. And this is great news because it means you don't, have to, you don't have to put yourself in this tight little window where I can only move in these certain ways and be okay. Posture has received a ton of attention, but it's important to know that the evidence and the research does not support posture being the cause of back pain. I will repeat that. The evidence and the research does not support posture being the cause of back pain. As a PT, as people, we like to say, your best posture is your next posture. And that's really just because our bodies feel better with regular movement. Our bodies were, shameless plug here, our bodies were made to move. And what you might be more sensitive to is the prolonged positioning. So if I were to sit like this for an hour, it's not that this position is bad for me. It's that I'm not doing anything and I'm moving not moving for an hour. And our tissues can become sensitive to that because they're trying to protect us. They're trying to protect us from being in the same position for, for so long. Um, you can get like in the nitty gritty of this, but if you know any patients, any people with spinal cord injuries, they, don't have, they might not have sensation from the waist down. They have to perform something called a pressure release every 20 minutes so that they don't get things like pressure ulcers, a pressure ulcer, if you think about like a bed sore, because they don't have the sensation that we do have, that sensation that's kind of uncomfortable, that's gonna tell me to move and to shift. So those sensations are not bad. Those sensations are your body just telling you to move. 
So posture has definitely been demonized, um, but sitting or standing in a certain way will not inherently hurt you or injure you. Another way I like to think about it is, like think about if I were to just hold my arm up for an hour. It's not that holding my arm up is bad, it's that my arm is gonna get super tired and my arm is just gonna be in the same position for an hour. So for some reason we've kind of demonized, I mean we've demonized anything that has to do with your back um, because that's our society. But another phrase I've heard is sitting is the new smoking. No, sitting is not the new smoking. Sitting is not killing you. The act of sitting is not killing you. However, if you are completely sedentary, that is where you may run into problems. But it's not the act of sitting that's hurting you. It's that you're not doing anything else. You know, if I were to sit like this for 16 hours a day, that is a lot more drastic than me having a sitting job. Um, and I'll go over some tips for people that have jobs that consist of mostly sitting in a, in a couple minutes. But to recap, our bodies like to move in a lot of different ways. And ironically, when we as fitness health professionals tell people that they can only move or sit, stand in a certain way, aka good posture, this can actually contribute to them experiencing pain. So there's no one position that's inherently bad for you. So if you or you, someone you know has a job where they mostly have to sit, or if you're a student, I have some tips. First, sit in the most comfortable position for you and your body. You do not need to sit like completely upright, shoulders pulled back, down and back, whatever. That's a fatiguing position. Sometimes it might feel nice, you know what else feels nice? Slouching. Don't be afraid to slouch. Slouching can definitely be energy efficient for your body. And then sometimes it feels good to sit upright. It's not the position, it's the prolonged position. So just try to move in a lot of different positions while you sit. Um, things like a seated cat-cow, so just like arching your back and slouching. Something that you can do at your desk while you're sitting. I can feel really good and it can kind of provide like a change of what your tissues have been sitting in for however long. Take a movement break or a quote, um, a movement snack as often as possible. So for this, it might be easier said than done with your job. Find something that works for you. Um, if you're a fidgeter, fidget, like move around a lot, shift your weight, not something that's like intentionally distracting you but just so that you have the freedom to move. And then if you really need to, you can set a timer for every one to two hours to get up, walk around. I drink a lot of water, and if you drink a lot of water, you're gonna have to go to the bathroom. It's a great way to get up and walk around. Especially like if you have a job where you have to drive a lot, um, depending on how fast you wanna get there. Drink a lot of water and you're gonna have to get up and walk around, and that way your tissues aren't gonna start telling you, hey, we've been in this position for three hours, we'd like to move. Um, and I think where we go wrong is that we catastrophize those sensations and a lot of people tell us that those positions or sensations are bad for you. So as humans, we like to make relationships, we like to form connections, and we're like, well, this person told me this was bad for me, I have this sensation, it must mean that that's related, and the cause, it must mean that this is bad for me and it's causing pain. And there's just so much flawed reasoning in there. Not only that, that it, it actually can cause harm to someone to think that they can only sit in a certain position because then they don't have any other options. They, 
like that's so fatiguing and can just be not comfortable. So I'll go off my tangent. There's some tips. <laughs> All right. How can I prevent back pain? This one may surprise you. So pain is a normal part of the human experience and we might not even want to prevent pain. So if someone stabs you and with a knife in your leg, you want to feel that, right? Obviously that's way more drastic than you having back pain, but we need to view pain as potential useful information. Sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes when my dog barks at the other dogs walking by, sometimes it's helpful. It's usually not ever helpful um, unless someone's coming to the door, but sometimes it's just annoying and you're like, I wish you would stop barking because I'm okay. Um, it's different because when we experience pain, like we have all these beliefs as a society that that pain means something is wrong, especially back pain. Um, but you don't need to prevent pain. You don't, we don't really want to prevent pain. It's more that I want people to understand that pain doesn't mean that there has to be something wrong. I want people to understand that pain gives us information and that there's nothing like I could be a super strong deadlifter or like really strong in the gym and still have back pain. And you can't say it's, it's because I'm not strong because one, how do you measure that? It's because I'm a human. So also another thing to note is that abnormalities on imaging are extremely common. Um, I can do another episode on this too. They are not related to pain or disability. Even, you know, they follow people for years down the line and the best thing to do if you're experiencing back pain, first, don't catastrophize, find a way to keep moving and manage your stressors. So look at your life as a whole. Oh, like maybe my cup is overflowing. That might be contributing to it. And when I say keep moving, it's not like, oh, just push through it. You're fine because pain sucks. But find a way to break the movement down into like a smaller part, a smaller range of motion. Um, if you're a trainer listening to this, that should be something that you totally know how to do and you can help your clients with. Um, if a squat is too painful, okay, what do we, how can we break this down? How can we still get some benefits out of this? Walking is really helpful, um, making the weight lighter, something like that. But the best thing to do is to not catastrophize when you experience back pain. All right, some specific exercises. What are some specific exercises for my back? So it's important to know that a lot of different exercises load and target our backs, um, which is why I think back pain can feel pretty debilitating because when you're, when you are experiencing back pain, it's like brushing your teeth hurts, right? Like doing the dishes hurt. Anything you do involves your back. Um, and so it's, it's like you feel it all the time. This being said, because you're, we use our backs and our cores, so much you might not need a specific targeted exercise but sometimes people do and sometimes people want a specific thing to work on and to feel more confident about one way that i like to think about it is let's say i'm going on like a really long hike or something that's like oh this is going to be tough i because of what i know i can do in the gym like because i feel confident um, like I can back squat, you know, I can back squat this, I can do this step up, I can box jump, I can deadlift because I, I feel confident. That's the most important part. 
I know I can handle whatever the hike demands are going to be. So if you think about that from like a back perspective, sometimes people need to target their backs more in the gym so that they know their back can handle anything that life comes at them. And that even better when you do have back pain and people are like, well, like I feel strong, like I feel confident, I feel active, there's nothing wrong with me, bam, even better because now they're not gonna catastrophize, they're gonna keep moving. And so I think it's important that we as a society feel like our backs are strong and resilient. And to do that, you have to train your back like you do any other muscle or any other area. Um, I don't know why we're like, oh, I can do bicep curls and calf raises and lat pull downs and pull ups, but I shouldn't load my back. Like your back is huge and made of, of a ton of muscles and you should definitely load your back. Specific back exercises are useful to increase tissue capacity, to increase improve confidence, and then overall resiliency. Like, I know I can do this in the gym, so I can definitely handle blank. The best program for you or your clients will definitely depend on your goals, on their goals, um, but I do have some personal favorites. Obviously, this will be different for everyone. Um, I kind of broke this down into two different parts. To feel strong, to feel empowered, a deadlift, like it's really hard to compete with something that involves you picking up something really heavy from the floor. You just feel like a badass. You feel empowered, loads your posterior chain, so your back, your hamstrings. Um, so deadlifts are a great, easy option to start getting one to feel more comfortable with. Um, and it involves picking things up from the floor and hinging. Another version of that, maybe if you can't heavy load um, a single leg deadlift or like a kickstand deadlift, those are fun. Jefferson curls, huge fan of a Jefferson curl. If One, it feels really good. Two, it's a way of moving that a lot of people think they can't move in that way. Um, and so talk about feeling empowered and feeling strong and confident and resilient. Um, it also can just feel good. And it's a way of moving that we've been taught like, hey, don't, don't move in this way. But it's like, why would we not straighten our knees? We do straighten our knees. We do move our knees through a full range of motion. So why would we not do that with our back? And then a loaded squat. So anything from a, a back squat, so a bar on your back, a sandbag squat, a front squat, a goblet squat, an odd object. Um, loading the squat can also load your back. And then a few other ways just to feel good in like moving your back in different ways. You don't have to add weight to the Jefferson curl. It just depends on what you're trying to get out of it. A cat cow is simple, but it feels great. A prone press up. So like a Cobra position of you being on your stomach and pressing up, keeping your hips down. Um, for some people, it might be a little too intense. So you can use your forearms. And then if you lie on your back and you either bend your knees and rotate them, like where they fall side to side, or a little more intense is lying on your back and letting one leg fall, like bringing it over to the other side. That feels good. Um, this should not be used as medical advice. These are just my personal favorites. So there's a lot of different ways to move. There's a lot of different options. Um, sometimes things just like taking a walk and being more active can be really great for your back and your disc health and, and fancy things like that. And it's important to know that our bodies are super strong, they're super resilient, and they're adaptable. And this means that if you load your back and you have the right dosage, 
you feel confident, um, you have the, you're managing your stress and your recovery, your back will adapt. Your back will adapt positively. Either way, it's going to adapt. You just want it to adapt positively and you will be stronger for it. So we get better at things as humans. We get better at things when we do them. Um, we just, we adapt to stressors. We have this really cool innate ability to adapt to stressors. And so if you load your back, your back will get stronger. Easy, easy, right? So some take home messages. First, back pain is extremely common. It does not need to be feared. It's it, it complex in the way that back pain as a whole can be from a lot of different things. And the, the problem of back pain in our world and our society is complex. It doesn't mean your back pain has to be complex. It does not mean that there's something wrong with you. Back pain and sometimes pain in general can be more related to the cup overflowing. So the dosage of how much water's in your cup, not the thing that overflowed it. I still can't really get that grammar right. So it's the dosage. It's the overflowing. Posture and sitting should not be demonized as the cause for back pain. Evidence does not support that. Move around. You should move around often, and you should sit in comfortable positions. Um, your body is not going to get stuck. Like me sitting in this position for this episode look, I can still sit in this position. I can sit here. I can move around. So me sitting here doesn't mean that my body is like breaking down um, because I'm slouching. I just think that belief is wild. Exercise can be a great tool to promote capacity, confidence, strength, and resiliency. Remember, pain is a normal part of the human experience. And next time you experience back pain, assess what's going on in your life. Like assess your cup. Have I had a really big week? Is this just my cup overflowing? Um, and then from there, you can start to make changes. Remember, one, calm it down. Two, build it up. And three, keep it that way. So that is um, just a summary of some frequently asked questions I get about back pain. If you all have any questions, feel free to reach out. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram. Find us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.